uh, if you would, open up to Exodus chapter 2. Uh, we've been in Exodus chapter 2 for a while, but there's been quite a few things there. And I hope that uh, we'll continue to see some wonderful things in these last three verses, Exodus 2, verses 23 through 25. I hope you have your Bibles. I hope you're opening up there. If you don't, don't worry. The words will be on the screen in just a moment as I read them. But uh, while some are opening there, uh, just... A, uh, a brief reminder of the series name that I have given this, uh, uh, this short series, right? Exodus 1, 2, 3, and a little bit of chapter 4. Uh, we're kind of halfway through, and this is one of the foundational uh, passages for the series name. God hears his people the call of the prophet Moses. So we've seen Moses starting to be moved around by the Lord to where he needs to go, but then we get this little moment where Moses takes the backstage for a moment in God's uh, telling of this story, and he, uh, uh, he is revealed as an active God. I chose God hears his people, but we're going to see uh, much action on uh, behalf of God's people here in these three verses. It, it's, really, it's really quite remarkable to see. And, and I believe that here in these three verses, we see a beautiful, a beautiful picture of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As, as we move through this, uh, it's going to become quite apparent. And it's this main point that's going to lead us there. God is active on behalf of his people. God is active on behalf of his people. Remember that as we read this scripture and as we march through it in just a moment. But before we do that, let's pray for the reading of God's holy word. O oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, would you bless this reading of your word? Uh, you have chosen to reveal yourself in such a remarkable way, and you have given it to us and preserved it in a perfect fashion. And so, God, we pray that as this word is read, uh, you will lay us low in conviction of our sin. And at the very same time, as our heads hang down and our shoulders droop, you will lift us up with great joy and adoration for your name at the comfort we receive from your action for us namely the gospel of Jesus. Help us to see this in your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is uh, Exodus chapter 2, three verses, 23, 24, and 25. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord, this word right here, it stands, it remains forever. In other words, we will have it on the other side of the veil, in heaven, we will have this word right here, and it will still be very good. Let us pay close attention to it this morning. Okay, remember that main point. God is active on behalf of his people. Here are four points to help us to get through the passage, and they're really 
four verbs or four actions that God is revealing in himself. Number one, God heard. Number two, God remembered. Number three, God saw. And number four, God knew. Uh, We really see that in verses 24 and 25. So before we get to those four points, let's set the stage with verse 23. It's a great stage setter, and it's a great moment for us to connect to these Bible verses. This is where we are in this world. It's verse 23. Let's see it uh, in three things. Number one, it can take many days for you to recognize your need to pray to God. It can take many days. Verse 23, we see that during those many days, uh, the people of Israel found themselves. It, It can take a long time for us to even know that we need to be crying out to the Lord. Number two, usually our recognition of our need to pray comes out of circumstances that have become unbearable in those many days. And Verse 23, we see the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery. They were in slavery for many, many years, but now they are groaning. It has become an unbearable circumstance. Number three, in verse 23, lastly, what we see is that in due time, due to the unbearableness, we are laid low in humility which if you wanted a good definition, here is one in verse 23. It looks like a reliance not on ourselves, but on someone else. And the best person to rely on and the only person to rely on that will not let you down is God himself. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. Uh, This verse, verse 23 sets the stage for verses 24 and 25. It sets the stage for our main point that God is active on our behalf. But here is the question for you, dear Christian, centennial family member or friend, are you in a many days unbearable circumstance which has laid you low moment? Maybe it's COVID-19. It might be this season. It might be this daggum virus, right, that is driving us crazy. Or it might be many more days than that. And perhaps the virus has exacerbated that unbearable circumstance that you have been in for so much longer, that feeling that will not go away, that frustration with yourself. Whatever it might be, is it there? Can you see it? Will you see it? Will you even look? Do you know that you need to cry out to the Lord? This is the stage setter. And for all Christians, we say, yes, yes, we are there. Will God work on our behalf? And I have good news. The answer is yes. And we see it firstly, starting in verse 24, with the fact that God hears his people's groaning. Have you ever had a whole conversation with someone and felt like you were never really heard? Uh, It can be frustrating. Uh, Maybe they weren't listening. Maybe they were focusing on themselves and not on you. Or maybe you were perceiving that or you just felt like you just weren't heard. You couldn't get the right words out to explain what it was that you were talking about or whatever. Oh, it's frustrating. Either you couldn't get them out, the other person couldn't understand. Regardless, you weren't heard. Have you ever had a conversation with someone with hearing problems? Uh, The goal is that you want them to hear you. Uh, That is your express desire. It can be a tough situation. Every time I think about uh, something like this, I think about Swain Whitfield's late father. 
Aubrey. Uh, his father just recently passed away, but before that, uh, uh, his father, Aubrey, found himself in a dire circumstance. He was in the hospital. In fact, he was in the ICU. Uh, it was flu season. Uh, not only was it flu season, but it was so bad, and we were in the ICU that we all had to mask up for everybody's safety. Uh, not only were we masked up, but Aubrey didn't have his hearing aids charged, and so all of a sudden, I was there, and we tried truly thought, everyone in the room, including the doctors, thought that this was the last moments uh, for this man, Aubrey, for Swain's father. And uh, Swain came to me, he told me about the hearing aids, we had the mask on, and he said, you've got to read scripture to my dad. You've got to do it so he'll hear it. Uh, Swain doesn't know this part of the story, but I'll tell you what, I have never been more nervous to read God's word than in that ICU room because I prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, please let him hear me. And so you know what I did, I'm sure, if you've heard the story, and if you haven't, I'm sure you can assume what I did just if you know me. I started hollering that word. You could probably guess what psalm I was reading. And I read that whole psalm as loud as my voice would make it. And I was going up higher and higher. The Lord probably even blessed me with a few more decibels. Believe it or not, that word was heard. But man alive, I was so nervous. God, please let him hear the word. God has no such problems. When God's people speak, God hears. He has no problem. And he knows exactly what it is that you're saying. Here's the question. Have you ever spoken to God? Truly, have you ever spoken to him? Not a, yeah, I pray. Not a blessing before the meal. Not a Lord's prayer after the big prayer that the pastor prays. Have you ever fallen on your knees and cried out to God? God hears his people. God hears his people, but his people have to speak. Will you cry out to him? Have you? Will you? Not only did God hear, secondly, God remembered his covenant. A covenant, if you recall, is a promise with consequences. That's my easy definition. Some people could nitpick it, and I'm sure they will, but I think it's a pretty good short definition for a covenant. It's a promise with consequences, and God has promised to grow the people of Israel into an uncountable nation who holds a land north of Egypt. Okay, Those are covenants that God has given to this people, the people of Israel. He has promised to make them uncountable, and he has promised uh, to give them land that's north. There's two problems that uh, the people of Israel are running into. Egypt is killing their sons. That's the first problem. That means that they're not growing. The second one is that they are enslaved. They cannot leave. Those are two problems that are directly falling into line and breaking uh, or at least bending that covenant that God has promised. Uh, God remembers this. But, but here we go. The, the covenant that God entered into, it's not just consequences for humanity. Oh, God promised us and you know we entered into a covenant. So if we break the covenant... It's on us. You know, that's why judgment comes. That's why hell exists. That, that's one side of the covenant. But God has promised another side as well. The promise with uh, consequences, it goes 
both ways. Uh, God has promised consequence on himself. And so when he remembers the covenant, he's thinking all the way back through all the covenants. Here's the, the easiest example, I think, and maybe the most visual is a rainbow. Uh, when we see a rainbow in the sky, uh, we should remember that covenant that uh, God cut with Noah. Uh, God told Noah after he sent that flood, after that boat was built, after Noah's family was preserved along with the animals, that God would never send another flood like that that would kill all of humanity. He said that he would preserve his people, that he would not do that again. And I'm going to give you a sign, Noah, is what he said. And what was the sign? It was a rainbow in the sky. And that rainbow is just like a bow and arrow. Uh, God didn't say rainbow in the scriptures. God says bow. I'm going to put a bow in the sky like a bow and arrow. And it looks like it's bent. It's tight, right? And if any of my hunters or anything like that, no. If you got that bow pulled back, that arrow's ready to fly. And God says this, I'm not going to point the rainbow down at the earth to where you get popped if we let it go. I'm going to stick it right aiming at my heart. And if I don't fulfill my promise, you let that arrow go and strike me dead. That's what God is promising. There is a covenant, a promise with consequences. It doesn't just go on to humanity. It goes on to consequences with God. He's giving us a comfort there. God is showing something of himself because God is God. And his word itself is enough. But when he adds a promise like this, one with consequence on himself, it shows us his people that he has skin in the game. God is active on behalf of his people for his own name's sake. Uh, I hope that y'all were listening uh, to Psalm uh, 23 that was sung, The Lord's My Shepherd is the Offertory. Psalm 23, 3. I hope you're familiar with it. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There's no better name to act on than God's name. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He remembers the covenant for his name's sake. And because he's God, he cannot not exist. Therefore, when he remembers his covenants with humanity, he will act. God cannot not exist. He's God. And so if he promised to make the nation of Israel an uncountable nation, to make the people of God the owners of the land to the north of Egypt, I've got news for you. He's getting the people out of Egypt because he's got a promise to fulfill and he said he would. God remembers his covenant. God acts on behalf of his people and we believers in the Lord Jesus are believers in him and followers of him and we are his people and God remembers these covenants for us too. God hears, God remembers, and God sees the people of Israel. Here is a good question for this weekend. This is a, a holiday weekend uh, in the United States of America. Uh, do you know why you're not supposed to wish a veteran a happy Memorial's Day? Happy Memorial Day. Uh, oh, I know a veteran. I better wish him a happy Memorial Day. Do you know why you're not supposed to do that? It's because Memorial Day is not honoring uh, veterans who came home from the war. Uh, it is a day honoring uh, those brothers and sisters in arms who did not come home from the wars, who passed, who died, protecting this country. For our veterans who lost brothers and sisters in arms, for the families of the fallen, they see Memorial Day in a fuller way. It's not a burger day. It's not a boat day. It's something much more. And we can see that too. But for them, they see it. 
And for God, he sees his people, their groaning and slavery, their mistreatment and tumult. God sees you in your circumstances too, even when you think you are so far gone that no one in the world can see you. God sees you. He looks on you and he's ready to act because God works on behalf of his people. There is no too far gone moment for God. He sees and he's ready to act. Remember it. Fourthly, God hears, remembers, sees, and lastly, God knows. But this is much deeper than me and you finding out about something. Uh, For instance, did you know that the black-footed ferret is one of the most endangered species on the continent of North America? You didn't? Well, now you know. But there's a problem with that statement when we address God, because he already knew that. He's God and therefore all-knowing. So what do we do with a statement like verse 25's, and God knew? Because God already knew due to his all-knowing nature. The answer lies in spiritual intimacy. God knows you like a mother knows her infant child. God knows you like a best friend who can finish your sentences before you even start speaking a single word. God knows you like that perfectly tuned partnership at work that transcends normal productivity. God knows you like that married couple you know about who no longer has any unknown stories or any uh, uh, not shared memories. They just know each other. There's a level of intimacy. God knows you with that level of spiritual intimacy. Multiply all those circumstances by a billion and you're still nowhere close to how much God knows you. And he's coming for you because God is active on behalf of his people. The many days of unbearable circumstance that you're in right now, they're answered by God and his gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is God's ultimate action on our behalf that answers those many days, those unbearable circumstances, and our own inability to save ourselves. That's what the gospel is, is God's action on our behalf. God sends his son, right? God sends his son. His son, who is fully God and fully man, clothes himself with flesh and chooses not to grasp his deity. He, it is still there. He just chooses not to grasp it. And so he lives this life in humiliating fashion as a human. Jesus lives this life of perfection, not for himself. He's God. He doesn't need anything. He does it for you that you might believe and be saved because that death of his was for you as well. All of the action of God is for our salvation. Uh, And he shows that from beginning to end, uh, from Genesis to Revelation in the word. He reveals himself as active on behalf of his people, the Holy Spirit coming and working a work in our heart because we're so sinful that we wouldn't even believe all that stuff unless the Holy Spirit changed our hearts from rock to flesh 
from, uh, from dead to alive. And in that moment, we see. And when we see clearly, we believe. And when we believe, we are saved. And it's all because of God's work on your behalf. It's the gospel that God himself set into motion even before you existed. That is the God that is working for you now. Verse 23 reveals humanity's ultimate need. Verses 24 and 25 reveal God's answer, his action on those that believe in his name. Behold his glory, beheld in his grace this day and forevermore. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your action on our behalf. Thank you. Thank you. You see and you hear. You remember and you know. You know our weak estate. God, you know. And you still love and you still save. And for this, we praise your name on the first day of the week and on the second through the seventh. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.